What's going on, folks? Welcome to the Bearded Wisdom Podcast. I am your host, Les McDaniel, and I am your peacekeeper on this journey to fight for the highest good of everyone. This show is all about inspiring the uninspired to unstick what is stuck and to liberate that leader within you. But before we unlock all those mysteries, I want to remind you where you can find me on all the social channels. On Facebook and Instagram, you can find me at epicfusion.life. And then when it comes to my other social channels like TikTok and YouTube, you can find me at this wonderful channel called Bearded Wisdom. There comes a time in life where you got to make a decision. You can write your own story or let someone else tell it for you. This is the show for that time. This is Bearded Wisdom with Les McDaniel. We are back today to discuss this awesome final pillar, and I say awesome because I'm trying to be incredibly excited about it, though I think it is going to be one of my favorite ones to do and talk about because it it's like I'm preaching to the choir. This guy right here just absolutely has had some mental hangups, we'll call them, over the years, and just got to tell you that this is one. And, and here's the, the chapter of this the book in, in the Peace Index, this one right here, this great book by Jeremy Kubitschek that I've mentioned many times over. And if you haven't got it, you need to go buy your copy on my site, and it's going to be epicfusion.life. You will find links to it somewhere in there at some point. If not now, just you, you'll be able to find out how to contact me. Send me a message over my Facebook page. I'll, I'll figure out a way to, to get you connected with that. Anyways, I digress because I'm excited provision. We have nothing to fear. You know, I look at this and it's one of those looking back kind of moments. When I look back on my life and I think about those moments where I was so incredibly stressed about what was next and how was I going to make enough money or how was I going to, I don't like my job and what happens if I quit this job and I don't have another job, blah, 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 all this stuff, the noise, the rampant, what in the world? Kids keep coming. You know, kid number one, kid number two, kid number three, bills keep increasing and we keep having kids like we don't know how that happens or something. And it is so stressful. And yet I want to discuss the notion of our insecurity in this as maybe this is a wise place for us to land. Alan Watts writes a book. It's called The Wisdom of Insecurity. And I love this book and I love to to dive into deep, waters with Alan Watts. If you haven't listened to Alan Watts before, I got to tell you, you would, you, you may or may not love him. I mean, it's hard to say actually, because, well, I mean, he may not be your cup of tea. You may not like philosophical theological discussions that go in deep, but he has a book called The Wisdom of Insecurity. And he says this thing, it's the moment that we arrive at security, we now have to protect that security, which makes us very insecure. And it is this realization as we are moving into peace that peace is not found in security. Peace and security are not the same thing. Security is this idea that we have got everything behind sealed doors, closed in a vault. It is secured. Nobody can get to it. But this fact is we think that there is something to protect. I look at the ancient wisdom and and I hear the words of Jesus say, consider the lilies of the field, how they bloom. Look at the birds of the air. 
how they're dressed. They don't worry about what they're going to eat. They don't worry about the things that, that are going on around them. They just do what's right there in front of them. They're present. They're here right now. And this is where they find the essence of life to be. And here we are, humans, given this consciousness, this ability to think about things and stress about things and, and create intricate scenarios of how things might fall apart or how they may not and all of those things. And we start to begin to believe that these things that are external sources are against our well-being and as though they are the highest power in our world rather than the recognition that there is something so much more powerful than we can ever imagine that nobody can agree on. It is so powerful that nobody has the, the absolute claim to its truth. Though many will tell you they do, they don't. And it's from that source that we were created, that all the things that have aligned over the billions of years, or depending upon how you land on the creation story, where, what you might think, however long it might be, everything throughout history has, has been orchestrated and so that you have arrived here at this particular juncture. I mean, do you know the odds of, I've done a video on this before in the past, do you know the odds of you landing here today? that the, the number of deaths that had to occur for the productive process to occur required the death of so many of those swimming sperm that, that to get to the egg, that it's unbelievable that you were able to fight to get to that egg to create life. It's a powerful thing and testament to the reality that this life is for you, that provision, there's nothing to fear and I tell you again, I am preaching to the choir here. Even now, I am in the midst of building this beautiful space for myself to be able to live fully into the purpose, that which is my leading indicator of life, that thing that gives me the most fulfillment of all and helps me release the chaos and to find that great pathway forward. This, my friends, is the one area of all of the areas that has seemingly gone by the wayside, as though we are somehow responsible for providing for ourselves. There is a crazy number out there right now, and a lot of people across the world that are living in poverty. They live on less than like two bucks or like a dollar fifty a day. I mean, and here I am worried about what might go wrong as I talk on a camera and this microphone on a with a computer screen in front of me. The tools that are at my disposal are immense, and yet somehow it is the one place that my insecurity still resides and where I don't find myself at peace oftentimes. So I wonder, where is it coming from? Where is this longing for more that is constantly being brought into my space and allowing me to feel this insignificance? I'd like to propose that the, the idea and the notion here is that we, and me, myself included, have lost sight of the difference between my, my needs, my wants, and my extras. And, I, and I, I put that extras out there because, man, I have wants, but then I have these other things that are just like things that I just buy out of convenience. They're not even wants. They're just things that I, I just waste money on. I mean, if, if you, I have a whole box over here of sticky notes that I will never use this many sticky notes for as long as I live, I don't think. And so, and yet I have this, you could, you might, no, you can't see them now, but right behind me over here, I've got boxes of, of cords galore because I always want to be prepared for that 
idea where when I can't find the cord, I, I at least can go to the cord box and find another one just like it. I have a surplus of extra stuff in my life that is just not a want or a need. I just have it. Can you relate to this? I, I think that the pressure of this resides in that the culture that we live here, especially in the West, is one that that really, really props up our lack, that we have a scarcity of things that are in our life. We may have a brand new truck, but they're always making another new truck so that they can sell us the new truck and we can get rid of the old because the old was somehow not good enough. I'm guilty of this, I can tell you. I have changed out my furniture. I have bought new shirts because the other one had a, a few pills on it. You know, you know the pills they get on the shirt. And I don't want to wear something because it may it it presents me in a way that is wrong. And so I go buy something else. And I've got a closet full of shoes and shirts and my wife and my kids, and they're going to amazing schools, and yet somehow I don't find peace. Maybe it's because I can't keep up with my wants and the extras of my life. But it's a clear indication that one of the things that we and I specifically have to do in my own life is to create clear distinctions between the wants, the needs, and the extras of my life. And when I can do that, I can begin to set a pace for myself that releases myself from the pressure so that I know exactly what I need in this life to make a living, to, to provide for myself. And even then I can go to the next level of this and recognize that there has never been a moment in my life where I have not been provided for. And I want to be clear even further that when we look at the, the world around us, and, and I mentioned this number of the, the billions of people that are living in poverty today on less than $1.50 a day, which is astronomical to me that I, I mean, it, the first place I can go is that I can start to feel guilty about that. And yet I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but some of the people that live in poverty that I have met in my life, whether it be on a, on a mission trip or overseas or working with the homeless, which I've done in my past and, and sat in camps with these folks, I used to think that my job was to empower them and inspire them to gain more in this life. I wanted to plug them into this notion of more and not enoughness that I have felt in my entire life to make them more than they were because they didn't seem to fit the box of what I thought humans were supposed to live in. But that's a lie. There are people who absolutely 100% want to live in the space that they're in currently. I, I helped a gentleman one time that was a homeless man. He was my neighbor. And I wanted to know, love my neighbor, know my neighbor. And so I got to know him. His name is Floyd. Great, great man. And I was out to, well, be his savior in some ways. We developed this relationship. And, and ultimately, I started to empower him and inspire him to go get a job. And I empowered him and inspired him and said, hey, we're going to get you an apartment. We're going to pay for the apartment. And as long as you're looking for a job or have a job, we're going to keep paying for this apartment, all this stuff. And he moves into the apartment. And I go visit him one day. And all the windows are open. The door is wide open. It's and it's like it's like this all the time. It was in the middle of the winter. And his place was not suitable. I can tell you right now that his peace index, the place portion of that on his index, was actually lower down than it had been when he was living on the streets in a tent, sharing it with the raccoons and the people that were in his community. And I, for some reason, thought that he needed a different way of life. And, and I learned from that so many things. 
So guys, the provision of life is, is that we will be taken care of when we begin to tap into the other places of our life, when we become contributing members of our world, when we begin to tap into our purpose and we begin to understand that we have been given this life in a way that was not something of our choosing directly. We didn't directly say, I want to arrive here. We were placed here. And so provision becomes that thing that we no longer have to worry about. It becomes the thing that we get to participate in because all around us, there is enough. I have family, I have friends who have supported us through times of health crisis when we couldn't support ourselves. When my wife had a stroke, my, my business partner literally swept in, came in and swept up all my business, never took a dime from it and paid me everything in full, even though he closed out multiple deals for me. This is the kind of thing that I'm talking about when I say that we are not people that need to fixate on our provision, but we need to begin to tap into what our needs are and to find ourselves falling deeply into the gratitude that life is for us, not against us. Our world around us, the culture that, that may be ensuing upon us, that closes in around us, that tells us that we're not enough, they're only taking advantage of the fact that they know that there's plenty out there. They know that if they just tell us that there is not enough, that we will spend more to make sure that we have enough, which gives them even more and more and more. So, a distinction between our needs and our wants. And there's nothing wrong with having wants. I think it's really important and key to understand that we have been given this place as a place of peace and a joy and to experience it all. And in fact, I would say that provision is one of those things that's wrapped up a lot in ownership. And there's a notion that I think is so beautiful in the wisdom traditions of scripture and beyond that. I mean, from Buddhism to Hinduism, there's this idea that if I can release ownership, then I actually gain everything. Who owns the, the beautiful views of the clouds and the sky? Who owns the moon and the stars? Who owns the mountains that we go, go to in order to enjoy them? Yeah, sure, the state may say they own them. Yeah, sure, but those have traded hands so many times. At one point here in the West, it was owned by a certain segment of tribes or owned, it was occupied. And they didn't even take ownership of such things. They understood that the land was a gift of theirs. They understood that this was a blessing, that they would honor the gifts of the, of the animal that was sacrificed so that they could eat. They would honor the gifts of the grounds that, that provided soil that, that they could plant and grow things in. They honored every aspect of everything in their life. Now, I wasn't there, and maybe it's not totally that way, but that's at least how, the Hollywood, how, how even Hollywood portrays it. So where are we in this space when it comes to our ability to understand what it means to be provided for? So here's how we're going to go through this. As you now kind of reassess what it looks like to focus in on your provision, I know when I really dug in on my provision, what I was basing that on was all of my wants. It was all of all the wants and all the extras that really were bringing me down. It was the things that I was pursuing and chasing after that weren't the base level things of life. Now, I want to reverse briefly and tell you that where this most powerfully impacted me was at a point when I was doing really well in commercial real estate. I was making really, really good money. I was so proud of myself, I guess you could say. I was building a team. I had a great partner who I still love and deeply care about today. And it was this, it, it was a blessing for sure. But I wasn't tied directly into my purpose. 
And so I knew that provision wasn't all that it was about, but it wasn't until I actually, until my, until Heavily, my wife, had the stroke. And it was in that instance that I realized I was not doing the things in my life that were really giving me the greatest joy, that I was chasing after something that I didn't actually need, only that I wanted. And I was trying to find security in all the wrong places. And so I want to ask you, where are you looking for security in your life today? And when you gain it, can you still maintain security when you're afraid of losing it? Is it the fear of losing something, the very definition of insecurity? And so as you go through this and you really count your blessings and you look at your bank account and you realize I have enough for today and I have enough for tomorrow, I may, maybe I've only got beans in the, in the closet, but can you be grateful for the beans that you've got in the, in the closet, in the pantry? Can I be grateful for that? And it's easy for me to say as someone who's got more than enough right now. I understand that I fall into that insecurity, but it's when we can be self-aware enough to know and be able to be, be real about where we are and to see that the provision doesn't just come from our money, but it comes from all the other sources, the people that are there to support us, the people that feed us and that feed us and nourish our souls and enrich our lives through relationship through the places that we can go and find that we are small compared to the grandiose nature of the cosmos. To all those things, those are all things that show how much we are provided for. And the question is, can you begin to see provision differently? And can you find more peace in your current state and begin to make a plan to differentiate the difference between your needs and your wants and the extras of life? For now, I want you to reassess that and I want you to ask this. How do you feel about what you are currently earning from your work now on a scale of zero to 100? Having heard what we've just said, how do you feel? You have the resources needed to do what you desire to do in your life. From on a, count, on a scale of zero to 100, do you agree 100% or zero? I don't agree at all. And finally, how hopeful are you about your future provisions in light of your current reality now that you've heard maybe a different perspective on that. And rate that, zero to 100%. Where do you land? And with that, folks, I leave you today, and we're going to conclude this over the next couple of days, maybe three to five, who knows? Who knows how many days? But I really want you to make sure that you understand that you don't fall into this pit of despair of hopelessness that can occur in our world as a result of scarcity and the lack of things mindset, or not enoughness, as I like to say. I want you to hear clearly that this whole purpose of this is really to help you understand that life is for you, that I am for you, that there are many people who are for you. I, I sit here today not as someone who is gaining a ton of street cred or provision or money or anything as a result of this one recording. I'm doing this because I care so deeply about helping us find peace in our world. And I bring to this a lot of insecurities around all of these places that we're here, but I want you to hear me say it at the core of my heart that today this is not about, about you finding... I, I just My hope is that you are incredibly hopeful. And I want you to... There's a claim on this word hope that is starting to poo-poo it. This, what is that? Poo-poo it. That, that's really trying to downgrade its power. But I can tell you that what's happening in our world is that if hopelessness has so much power over us, then we've got to find that hope has got something else to offer us. And we're not talking about luck. 
Hope cannot be categorized in the same place as I show up in Vegas hoping to make money off of every roll of the dice, every spin of the wheel, every card that, is, that has been dealt. That's not hope. That's, that is something else altogether. Hope is this thing that looks at our present situation and sees something ahead that can really bring about transformation in our world, in my own life, something that I can, I can envision, a vision of a future that is grander than it is. It is the I have a dream speech that recognizes our current reality alongside our future dreams. This is hope. And I hope that you can grab a hold of that hope. I'm hoping a lot here. <laughs> I'm hoping all over you is what I'm doing. So together, let us be hopeful. And for now, may you be at peace as you progress in this world of conquering your chaos for greater fulfillment in this life. Peace to you. Thanks for listening to the Bearded Wisdom Show. You got a buddy or friend who needs to hear this. Please send him a link. And don't forget to hit that follow button so you can come back and hang out with Les every day. <laughs>